are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What's good? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA. Well, usually we talk about mixed martial arts and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about noble fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game and where they are now. Guys, today is a bit different than any other day that we've had on TKO because today, well, you know how every time in the beginning I say TKO is all about combat sports, specifically mixed martial arts. Well, today, guys, you know what we're going to be talking about for the first half of our show? We're going to be talking about talking about football. We're going to be talking about university football. Yes, because, of course, if you are from the Guelph area, Guelph, Ontario, and you were in Guelph this past weekend or you, you just randomly traveled to Guelph over this past weekend, we will probably know that it was our homecoming on Saturday and it was so much fun and it was so exciting and your girl right here was actually on the sidelines just uh, doing some investigation and I was I was there when it was all going down I was there with both teams so Guelph was going against uh, the McMaster Marauders so that was such a fun game and such an entertaining and um, just such an interesting game. So I'm going to be breaking that down for y'all. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And also uh, today we're going to be talking about, well, uh, what we usually talk about, we're going to be talking about combat sports. We're talking, we're going to be talking about MMA. We're going to be doing a brief recap slash breakdown of some of the fights that happened this past weekend as well. We're actually on Friday night. So some of the fights that happened on UFC Fight Night in Japan, including the fight between Claudia Gedalia and Jessica Andrade for a strawweight bout. Uh, we're going to be definitely talking about that. And if we have some extra time, we're going to be briefly talking about the main event of that fight night. But, you know, you guys know how I am. I just talk so much. And actually, I'm a bit concerned in terms of time, you know, conserving time. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay. Okay, guys. So football, I know it's not the... <laughs> It's not really usual for us to talk about anything, any sport other than combat sports here on TKO. I mean, just look at the name TKO. It's it's really combat sportsy and not so much uh, any anything else. But, you know, I just decided to talk about it today because I feel like, OK, just because you declare yourself a fan of a certain sport doesn't mean you can't be a fan of another sport. You know, unfortunately, nowadays, especially in combat sports, you know, some mostly sometimes you see it in boxing. So I'm pretty sure you guys know Oscar De La Hoya, former boxing champion. And, you know, he's retired now. He runs the Golden Boy Promotions. For, for for business purposes, all he's saying is that, okay, like, he can only be a fan of a certain sport. He can only be a boxing fan, or he can only be an MMA fan, or he can only be a basketball fan. Well, let me tell you this. Oscar De La Hoya is lying to you guys, and just because you like a certain sport doesn't mean you cannot like 
another sport. And in this case, I mean, why not? Let's just talk about it. If it's an interesting match, if it's an interesting game, and if it's not even combat sports related, let's talk about it because uh, all the same principles apply to the game, even if it's not boxing or MMA. So that's why I want to talk about the the football match between the Guelph Griffins and uh, the McMaster Marauders. And just like I said, so it was so, so interesting, especially for me personally, because I was actually on the sidelines um, when the game was actually going down. Um, I was actually there for, for a cer- certain um, story that I was going to write about this game. Um, you know, just, just doing um, casual journalism, I guess. Um, I was there taking pictures, taking notes, talking to the players, talking to the coaches. It was so much fun. And um, you were just so close to the actual field and you could see it all go down. And, you know, it's so different from, say, somebody who's actually watching the game from, from the stands or, say, they're sitting on a hill or something and they're watching the game. Or maybe they're even watching it from the TV or listening to it from, from the radio. It's so much more different than that because you're actually there. You you know, you're there, but you kind of feel invisible and you're just there. You're analyzing every single thing and it all makes sense to you. And it's just so exclusive because, you know, not everybody else is seeing the game from the same perspective that you're seeing from that close. And you're just there amongst the players, amongst all all the things that is happening at that moment. So, yeah, guys, I was there and it was so, so much fun. And obviously, because, <laughs> hello, we go to the University of Guelph. So obviously, we're rooting for U of G, for, for the Griffins. Um, so the game starts. Okay, guys, so I'm just going to do, yeah, just in case you guys are wondering what I'm, you know, what sort of things I'm going to be talking about today in terms of that football game. I'm going to be breaking it down in a way that you've never seen before or you've never heard before. Because, okay, I feel like for football, especially because you're there and university football, too, when you're there and you just watch the game, you know, people don't usually care. You just say, oh, that that team won the game. Woo. Good for them. Or that team lost the game. Wow. They should really suck. Well, let me tell you this. It's not as easy as that. And it's more detail there's so much depth to it and i really want to break in, break it down for you guys today because you know just because just because this the result is a certain thing doesn't mean that it doesn't mean all the aspects surrounding it all the all the tiny factors going into the game aren't important so i'm going to be talking about those factors today and what actually happened from from my own eyes because just like I said it's not the same as watching it from the TV or even watching the game from the stand so I'm going to be talking about that today so let's get right to it okay so the first quarter starts and <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening to this right now and you were expecting something I would say combat sportsy well don't don't worry let me just break this down for you. After this, you too might become a football fan, especially a university football fan. Okay, so the first quarter starts. Our Guelph Griffins are going pretty strong, and they're just so confident in themselves. You know, it's homecoming. They're playing on their home turf, obviously. They're so confident that they're going to take this game. 
So the, the, the first quarter starts and they're going super strong. They're just running across the field. Their offense is absolutely fantastic. I mean, talk about the Guelph Griffins. We have, uh, because actually this season especially, we changed our offensive coordinator. And um, as a result of that, we have we have switched so many players around and we have such strong um, offensive lines. So we have guys like um, Jacob Scarfone. We have James Roberts. So many talented guys and such, they, they deliver such great performances. So with that in mind, you know, the Guelph Griffins were going pretty good offensively. Um, and the McMaster Marauders, you know, they were just, I don't know what was going on with them. They were just pretty slow in the first quarter. Maybe they were just there to, you know, maybe warm up for the very first quarter and not really um, expend that much energy on the field. And especially, okay, here's a very important factor to keep in mind. On Saturday, I don't know if you guys were in Guelph or not, but it, it felt like 40 de- degrees Celsius with um, uh, humidity in consideration. So, and that was just how hot uh, it was for us, uh, people who weren't <laughs> who weren't wearing that much clothing, or you know, it, it would have felt so much hotter for the players who were actually playing on the field with all the paddings and the jerseys and the helmets, you know, when they were wearing all those things and doing f- intense, intense physical activity. Should you, you cannot imagine how hot it would have felt for them playing on the field. So that's a very important aspect to consider. So it, which was actually affecting both teams. But, you know, just keep that in mind. I'm going to come back to it later. So it was obviously super hot. At first, we all thought that, okay, the Marauders are just uh, slowing down because it's super hot and they can't, you know, they haven't been conditioned in a way so that they can actually play um, play in a good manner with all of this hotness and bad weather affecting them. So that was what we were thinking in the first quarter. And actually in the first quarter, um, uh, or, um, uh, we had two... Uh, different field goals for Guelph, so we're uh, we were ahead of the game 6-0. So thanks to Gabe Ferraro, we we uh, we were leading the game by six points. And so the first quarter ends. You know, everybody's thinking that Guelph is going to win this. Obviously, from the performance that we put on in the first quarter, everybody's just so confident in Guelph. And then the second quarter starts. It seems like, you know, this is, okay, guys, when I'm talking about this, I'm just seeing so many recurring themes between football and just combat sports because it's no different than, say, if you were in a ring with an opponent. You know, in this case, just uh, pretend that the quarters are are, are the rounds of, of a certain fight, and it's no different than a boxing match or, say, an MMA fight. It's it, it all works the same way. So in the second quarter, even though we thought in the first quarter the McMaster Marauders weren't, weren't, weren't going to do anything and they were just so taken back by the phenomenal performance that they've seen by the Guelph team, the reality was they were just there on the field trying to analyze what Guelph was doing so that they could later interpret that data with their coaches and with their team so that they can basically counteract uh, counteract that and just um, go 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 around and basically stop Guelph from behind. That's that's the way I would like to put it. 
and their their plan their game plan was actually pretty smart and nobody was expecting that and also another thing was that you know it was pretty smart for them not to do much in the very first quarter because just like i said it was super hot and it, it was super smart for them to just conserve their energy and um just go just go full out there in the in the remaining quarters you know not just the first quarter for the remaining quarters so anyway the second quarter starts actually one thing to keep in mind is that uh james roberts who is uh one of guelph's um, offensive players he was injured uh before the halftime so we lost him and he was replaced by a rookie in our team and um you know, we thought that we we're going to uh, have the same performance as we did in the very first quarter, but unfortunately we couldn't. And um, the McMaster Marauders, they were going pretty strong, actually, in the second quarter. There were, yeah, so they scored a few touchdowns, actually, and they were just going super strong, and they utilized their offense and defense. They kept us back so much with their defense, and um, it was only – 15 seconds left till the end of the second quarter until Jacob Scarphone takes the ball, okay, and he runs 87 yards towards McMaster's territory, okay? And then as he's doing that, you know, the, the seconds are just ticking down. It's so exciting and just uh, all the hype is building up and then there's only like four seconds left and there's only a certain there's only a short amount left until uh, they can uh, Guelph can actually have another field goal and again Gabe Ferraro comes in and kicks another goal and uh, Guelph is actually only a point behind McMaster now so uh, the scores before the halftime are 10-9 in favor of McMaster you know even with this in mind we all thought that Guelph was uh, gonna still dominate over McMaster because when you have such a great performance in such a short amount of time and you can push yourself when when you can when you show that you have that potential to just runs 87 yards in in less than 15 seconds and make a field goal happen and in that short amount of time that shows how much potential you have and that you can do so much in so little time so that's that's a pretty phenomenal thing to have you know not every team has that so with that in mind, everybody was just so hopeful that Guelph was going to potentially make it and come on top. I mean, the, the point differences isn't that much after all. It's just one point behind. And then after the halftime, the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Okay, guys. So just like I said, we had lost one of our major uh, key players, um, James Roberts, in the game. So we didn't really have him in the game anymore. And as I said, it was super, super hot that day, Saturday, and it felt like the exhaustion was just kicking in for the Guelph team. And McMaster, you know, we we all know McMaster as the strongest team in terms of defense, okay? And uh, even though in the first half of the game, they didn't, you know, completely utilize their defense, but in the third and the fourth quarter, man, they used their their defense as the last weapon available, and they really, really used that super hard. And actually, you know, as a Griffin fan, I actually do give props to the McMaster team because that is such a smart game plan to have. And 
I mean, that's just what it's all about. That's what all all sports is all about to be smart and efficient and to just go around and um, basically defeat your opponent both mentally and in terms of your game plan and physically and okay in this case unfortunately mother nature wasn't taking it easy on both teams especially on the Guelph team and it just seemed okay I was there I could see how gassed out the players the Griffin players were um, for the third and the fourth quarter Unfortunately, I wasn't in the locker rooms with them during the halftime, so I couldn't really figure out what was, you know, what happened during that break that when they came out, they were just super gassed out. And yeah, unfortunately, at the end of the game, we lost the game. Griffins lost the game 29-9. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And I feel like we should just consider them, okay? So let's just talk about a few of them. So just like I said, after uh, the veteran, uh, a key player, James Roberts, was um, um, taken out of the game due to an injury, he was replaced by a rookie. And, um, you know, that just represents um, how, uh, how the makeup of the Guelph team affects the performance of the game. And um, that is, okay, so a lot of our veteran players graduated last year, and this year a lot of them were replaced with um, uh, first- and second-year students. And, okay, not to take away from how athletic and talented they are and not to take away anything th- from their skill set, but, you know, the reality is the more experience you have, obviously you're going to do better, especially in football. But in this case, just like I said, most of our team consists of um, lower years um, students with um, obviously lower amounts of experience, but they're super athletic and powerful. But unfortunately, that that wasn't enough. And the lack of experience, you could say, was one of the major things that led Guelph to this tough loss. And also another thing that I just I mentioned multiple times so far is that hot weather and you know both teams were under the same condition however one team was able to survive and actually beat the other team while the other team you could say they beat themselves okay when you get gassed out it's there's nobody to blame by yourself and how you were prepared for that game and actually, another factor to point out is that ever since last year, ever since last season, the Griffin strength and conditioning coach was actually switched. Um, okay, and um, I'm not making any allegations, but again, there should have, there must have been some sort of conditioning that prepared McMaster for playing under any circumstance and not get gassed out, and the Griffin team just didn't. Or maybe there was another mental aspect that they they were just um, beat before they were actually beat by McMaster, but we just don't know what that was. But mostly, I would say strength and conditioning has a lot to do with how you perform in a game. And unfortunately, that day, Guelph just didn't have it. So, you know, those are some of the main factors that contribute to this tough loss for the Griffin team. 
And um, for the future, I would say they would need to work on their strength and conditioning because that's the most important thing in a game, not just in football, but in any, any, any match and in, in any fight. You need to have, you need to be well conditioned. You need to be able to go the full distance of the game and to just continue. Okay, the way you started, you should be able to just um, be consistent with it and to just keep going with it, not just have this burst of power in the first quarter or in the first round say if you're talking about combat sports and then you just your performance declines and you don't ever make a comeback and you just get gassed out that shouldn't be the case you need to be well conditioned and you need to have good cardio and therefore work on your stamina so that when the game does go to full distance you're prepared for it and you don't get gassed out like that and also you know just just gain in terms of experience there's nothing they can do unless they just keep playing games they just keep practicing keep doing mock games you could say and just gain as much experience as they can and there's nobody to blame for that and i mean shout out to the griffin team i mean they're they're pretty strong and um there are so many new players in that team so not to take away from how great and powerful and athletic the griffin team is but they just need more time to adjust to the trainings and the team and just the whole game plan that the coaches have lined up for them so that in the future they they're able to completely dominate over their opponents all right man yeah you know this is my first time i would say really specifically breaking down a football game usually when it's on tv unless it's the super bowl i don't really watch football but i would say ever since saturday ever since i watched the game between marauders and griffins even though my my home team the team that i was actually rooting for lost such a tough loss I would say I'm a fan now. I mean, just like I said, just because you're a fan of a certain sport doesn't mean you can be a fan of another sport. So I'm, I would consider myself an all combat sports fans. So if it's if we're talking boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, whatever, I'm I'm a diehard fan for those, and I'm also a I would say a new fan for football as well. So I cannot wait until. Uh, the Griffin team has their match with um, the Waterloo Warriors. That's going to be such a determining game for them. If they win that game, well, because right now their record is 2-3, two, 2 wins, 3 losses. And if they win that game, well, their chances go way up in terms of just staying in the tournament and to, uh, to just stay there in the roster for a chance to potentially play for the Yates Cup championships. And if they lose that game, unfortunately, it's going to be over for them um, for th- for that season. But hopefully they actually take him, you know, just consider the points that I mentioned. I mean, I'm not sure if they actually listen to this podcast right now, but just go back and just watch their performance, realize what they did wrong and just work on it, get better and come back stronger than ever. That's all I have to say for the Griffin team. So shout out to both teams. Kudos to McMaster for such a smart game plan and shout out to the Griffin team, the Guelph Griffins for having such a a, a huge heart and um, just taking that loss and just trying to get better and just being strong and powerful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Woo. I'm so happy. I just broke down my first ever football game. Yeah. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed that. So uh, I will see. I might just start watching the NFL games. And if there's any interesting games going on, I might just bring them to TKO and talk about them. If they're super like everybody actually requests a breakdown in the future, I will definitely do that for y'all. Um, okay, as of now, uh, yeah, let's talk about the UFC now. Switching gears. Let's get into combat sports. Okay. So, uh, yeah, on Friday night, uh, UFC fight night in Japan happened. And obviously, it happened on a Friday because of all the time differences and the time zone differences. Um, from the J- Japanese time zone, you could say, and the Eastern time zone. So, just had it on a Friday night, which was pretty okay. And then I really, the, the only fight that I really want to talk about is the fight between Jessica Andrade and um, Claudia Gadelia. So, Claudia Gadelia and Jessica Andrade both have actually challenged the current champion, the current women's strawweight champion, Joanna Young Jajak. And even though they both have the same style, unfortunately, um, you know, they weren't, obviously, they were, they were not able to defeat. Yoana Yanjinjek because Yoana is just a different type of animal man and she's just such a powerful powerful athlete and um her her endurance is basically unbeatable in the entire game and so unfortunately they weren't able to defeat the champion and get the belt for themselves and just like I said their their styles are pretty similar you know they're they they're both um they're, they're both um, really good in wrestling and tend to usually favor um, ground game rather than striking, even though they're striking, both of these people's striking is on point. And say, if you actually match them up against somebody random, they will completely beat up that person and knock them out in like 10 seconds, okay? That's how good they are. And they're extremely powerful. They're extremely athletic. Um, especially Jessica Andrade, she she used to fight at 135, but she lost so much weight to come down to 115. And now that she's fighting at 115, because because she's really short, and you know when you when she lost all that weight, she's just so like all she's left with is just muscle and power and speed and everything that you need to you need to have in an MMA fight to be successful. And so, because she lost so much weight, she's just so much faster, but she has the same amount of power. So, that's what makes her super, super dangerous in the strawweight division. And, je- uh, excuse me, Claudia, and- uh, Claudia Andrade, Claudia Gadelia, she also is a wrestler and um, she's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, but her striking too is absolutely on point. So, this fight was such an in- interesting fight to watch because you see... Um, two similar styles fighting each other and it was just interesting to watch like who's gonna ad- adapt with um, what sort of style what what their game plan was going to be and all of those things so the fight starts man Ooh, that was such a good fight I watched that so many times because it was just so such a juicy fight you could say so the fight starts Jessica Andrade is just going at it in terms of striking and so is Claudia Gadalia and uh, actually even though they're 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 both 
phenomenal wrestlers and grapplers, they actually favor striking in this case because they both know that the other one is so good and 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 ground game so they just keep keep up with striking however claudia gadelia because jessica andrage is just a tiny bit better than claudia gadelia and she's actually dominating she's just outboxing claudia gadelia right and then claudia gadelia obviously sees that and she wants to counter wrap with that and to just go for takedowns and um, apply her submission skills so that she can submit um, Jessica Andrade while she's at it, while she has the opportunity before she, uh, because she sees how dominating Jessica Andrade is over her. So she's thinking, okay, if this fight does go to a decision, there's a really low chance that they're going to give it to me. So she's trying so hard to go for a submission and to submit Jessica Andrade, but man, Jessica Andrade, she has such a tough chin, and her neck is just so strong that whenever just Claudia Gadelia attempts to choke or something, it will never, never work, okay? And Jessica Andrade, she's taking down Claudia Gadelia way too many times, like about 10 times, and you you guys all know how, how much power um, takedowns take out of you, and if you're a normal person, you will be super, super exhausted by the end of uh, all of those takedowns. But no, Jessica Andrade is just that good. And she's so powerful and she never gets exhausted. She she has the same, um, she has consistent power throughout the entire match. And she her performance never declines. However, Claudia Gadelia, she's bleeding. She, she's been cut in the face. She's bleeding. It's just super tough for her, and um, unfortunately, in the end, Claudia Gadelia loses the fight due to unanimous decision, but it was such a tough brawl, and shout out to both ladies. They're both freaking awesome, and I'm such a huge fan of both of them, so yeah, man, there you have that. Okay, looking at the clock right now, unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO, and until next time, my friends, it's your girl Janan right here, and this... It's TKO. Peace out.